Episode 233 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Simonoff setting in for Bill. For 25 years, Wichita's Youth Entrepreneurs has been working with high school teachers and students, helping to show students their innate abilities through an entrepreneurial lens, including Charles Koch's market-based management philosophy. Started by Liz and Charles Koch and backed by the Koch Foundation, the organization started small with one class at North High School. It's expanded to other Wichita high schools, then to other Kansas school districts, and now districts way outside of Kansas. Earlier this year, Youth Entrepreneurs rebranded as Empowered, a new name with some changes to go along with it. Kylie Stupka, president of Empowered, joins us to talk about the history of the organization and where it heads now. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. The cover story this week looks at our Ignite ICT Women's Conference held last week at Mark Arts. We got together more than a dozen of the city's top female business leaders, including Kylie, to talk about entrepreneurship, leadership, and work culture. Those stories begin on page 10. This week's lists are Kansas colleges and universities, as well as Kansas community and technical colleges. See how their enrollments have gained or dipped during COVID-19. Those lists begin on page 33. This week's special report ties in with those lists. It's about Kansas colleges becoming more aggressive in marketing themselves to students both near and far. Hear from leaders on how hyper-competitiveness before the pandemic has gotten even bigger during it. That story begins on page eight. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporation, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 41. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, we at the Wichita Business Journal think pretty highly of Kylie Stuka. She's She's been a 40 under 40 honoree and one of our executives of the year. She's received a Women in Business Award and she has also been named to the Women in Business Hall of Fame. Kylie has led Empowered for 14 years now. The organization began as Youth Entrepreneurs of Kansas, then evolved into Youth Entrepreneurs, and now they've undergone another name change to Empowered, and we wanted to ask Kylie about that. Kylie, welcome. Good to talk with you again. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. It's it's a lot of fun to talk about the evolution of the organization, and as I love hearing other people kind of frame it up for me and then think through, gosh, what, what a journey it's been. Thanks for having me. Sure. Well, before we talk about the new name and the changes, it's probably worth going back over the history of the organization. First, can you talk about why Youth Entrepreneurs of Kansas was created and what were the goals? Sure, absolutely. I love to I love to think about um, our history. So it, it's it's an interesting and fun story as most people that are you know from the Wichita area know it was started by Liz and Charles Koch and it was started back in 1991. And how that evolved was an interesting story. A gentleman by the name of Steve Mariotti who was a, actually a social studies teacher in the Bronx in New York 
really um, very, very uh, aligned philosophically with the, the, the kind of libertarian movement and understood this, this exciting potential for students, people to take personal responsibility. And he saw it happening through kind of an entrepreneurial lens, not necessarily a fully productive in legal capacity lens, but on, very entrepreneurial for his the students that he was working with in the bronze in the Bronx. And so he started an organization called Nifty, the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. He came to Liz and Charles to flew out to Wichita to ask for support of his organization. He was a brilliant fundraiser, still is. Um, and of course, Liz fell in love instantly. She's very, uh, very in, in tune with and aligned with education and the need for us to have a very well-educated society. Charles will talk time and time again about how it was that, that teachers helped him understand his understand his innate abilities. And so how do we how do we we do these things? How do we help students understand their innate abilities? Um, what better way than through this kind of entrepreneurial lens? And so they 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 started. Uh, what was Nifty Wichita back in 1991, and it they they decided, you know, I, I love this organization, but I'm not necessarily excited about you know supporting on the on the coast. So let's bring it to Wichita. We started in North High School with a teacher called Matt Silverthorne. Um, he started; it was an eight week course. He you know, kind of recruited throughout the school. Charles was very involved. Liz was very involved. It was a really exciting time. Steve would fly in to really kind of help us um, implement the curriculum uh, and, you know, just really built, a, built around this nifty, this idea of nifty. So let's fast forward five years. What we found, Kirk, was that Charles had also built a pretty amazing organization and he had done so through the lens of this uh, philosophy called market-based management, which most of us around this area are pretty familiar with. We had access to that. And, and so why was it that we weren't maybe accessing that at a much deeper level? Two Kind of two things, access MBM and access our community. So when we were nifty, we were a part of the, the private Coke Foundation, 100% um, kind of Coke funded and, and, and driven. Um, you know, let's leverage, let's change the curriculum a little bit. Let's really kind of think about how do we introduce MBM through this lens? How do we introduce students to these ideas? How do we introduce teachers to these ideas? How can we really kind of think differently about the way we're approaching this? So we evolved beyond Nifty, and that was when Youth Entrepreneurs of Kansas, Youth Entrepreneurs of Kansas Incorporated was born. So that's 1996. Um, again, we're still with Matt Silverthorne, but now we're also in South High and we're in East High and we're um, in Northwest High. So we're in most of the USD 259 schools at this point, which is exciting. Then we kind of go along and we progress along and let's fast forward now to October of 2015. I'll never forget the day when Charles gives me a ring and he says, listen, Kylie, my broader philanthropic network has been absolutely all over me with this need for more educational transformation nationally. And this program, the, the Youth Entrepreneurs Program, which is now, at that point, we, are, we had expanded into the Kansas City, Missouri market. We'd expanded Southwest Kansas. We'd expanded even into Georgia with the purchase of Georgia Pacific several years, five years earlier. 
So we'd had, you know, quite a bit of expansion. We'd seen some great success. At that point, we were seeing students that were starting businesses at the rate of 30% of our grads. We'd reached nearly 30,000 students. We'd seen just some really cool things. We, we, you know, the, the kid in Hutch High loved the story who was promoted to manager almost instantly from the kind of first two or three months of adopting the principles he learned in our class. Whereas where his, uh, the, you know, the manager that promoted him was like, you know, where are you getting these ideas? And, and, and he explained that it was this class that he'd taken. And so just exciting stuff like that. And those ideas then uh, really kind of matriculated. And Charles said, listen, let's, 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 you know, make this kind of at least our first pass at trying to do some sort of kind of national education reform initiative, reforming from within through and with teachers to help students, you know, discover their innate abilities. And so then again, in 2015, we kind of went on this, uh, this, this real kind of rampage, I guess, to, um, to reach the, the, the masses of education with our ideas. So that's when you kind of saw, you saw me really kind of humbling along, like humbly <laughs> limping along to try to figure out how to scale. How, how do we scale? Now, luckily, I have got um, the Cokes and their philanthropic network to whom I can tell the story of the impact that we've been able to see over the last now 25 years and get them very excited. So luckily, you know, having those uh, supporters in, um, in our kind of grasp was extremely helpful. Obviously the Wichita support has been, you know, just over the top. Uh, whenever we'd have any fundraising events, we just really had a lot of support. We've put Wichita business people in our classrooms. We still do, but we're, you know, just the other day I went to a market day and it's filled with Wichita business people that support these ideas. So some super exciting Midwest values coupled with market-based management, coupled with uh, philosophical with uh, philanthropists who are super excited again about investing in this type of education helped us then become youth entrepreneurs and helped us then become a much more nationally national organization. So this gets us up to 2021, 2020 actually. So 2020, a year we'll never forget um, a year where we, everybody has to evaluate the way they do business um, we have to figure out how it is that we scale effectively. Again, Youth Entrepreneurs of Kansas Incorporated to Youth Entrepreneurs saw significant scale. We 10X'd, but that's still not enough, right? We, at the beginning of time, Nifty Youth Entrepreneurs used to be everything to everybody. We, if you, if you, you know, youth entrepreneurs teacher need somebody in your classroom, call us. If you, you know, just support soup to nuts and, and the cost of, of really kind of pulling off that type of program was pretty high, right? We had a pretty, pretty high cost and that's okay when you're a boutique organization, but it's not okay when you're trying to scale to become a national organization. So 2020 kind of gave us that shot in the arm that we needed to really step back and evaluate how it is we do business. And what we realized was something that we'd actually been evolving toward for the last two or three years, probably starting about 17, 18. This idea that, and if you, if anybody's read the book, Believe in People, they're completely connected to social entrepreneurs and elevating the social entrepreneur and investing in the social entrepreneur and allowing for those that are the closest to and most passionate about the issue to solve the problem. So we've really felt like it's time to kind of place our bets on 
our catalysts, our educators, our teachers, and elevate those social entrepreneur educators, those that are aligned with us, that believe in our ideas, that have seen the transformation in them students because they too have transformed themselves. So let's allow for them to become our means of scale. So let's step out of being all things to everybody. Let's step out of having to kind of pull off just kind of um, student-facing events and, and community connections, and let's invest. Let's place our bets on our teachers. Let's invest in our teachers. Let's give them the tools and resources to be able to not only pull off these ideas in classrooms, manage classrooms better, but to also be able to connect their students to community and to you know, put on student events and competitions and to do the things that we no longer could do. You know, we have to you have the opportunity cost and you have the trade-offs and you have to make a choice. Our choice was investing in the social entrepreneur educators. And what we found through our research was that educators were not connecting to the term youth entrepreneurs, unless of course they were an entrepreneurship teacher, maybe an economics teacher, some of some career and tech ed teachers, those that are talking to our existing teachers get it. You know, we're seeing really cool things happening in classrooms well beyond. But how do we connect to a broader group of educators? And we felt like after doing a lot of testing of our name, that the name was not helping our cause. So here we have evolved now 2020 made for us to think about what we do in person in classrooms, made for us to think thoroughly about how do we digitize that? How do we make that virtual? Then how do we take that digitization and that virtual experience that we felt was so incredibly important to be hands-on, but again, everybody had to look in the mirror and evaluate the way that they were doing things. So we were developing great activities. We were putting them out there to the masses. And you saw we launched within a couple of weeks of, of kind of schools shutting down this teachEverywhere.com org site, which was, hey, take, take what you've done over here at Youth Entrepreneurs Academy. It, here it is in this new site that allows for you to do it virtually, plus some new and fun things. And we saw nearly 30,000 people use that site within that year. So that was a good market signal to say, okay, let's go after these folks. Let's allow for us to be the social entrepreneur agent for systemic education change, allowing for students to experience 3DE, 3D education, discover, develop, and apply their abilities through this this massive universe, 3.7 million teachers equipped with these ideas, the resources, but in order to do so, and in order to get to them, we're going to have to change our name. Well, talk about the empowered name a little bit, how I, I understand how you wanted to rebrand, but why that particular name? Yeah. So um, obviously we've, the goal of, of the youth entrepreneurs brand for the last several years has been to empower educators. We want to empower them to think differently about the way that they approach their career. And um, we did a lot of testing on what it is we thought would matriculate with those educators. We brought, uh, we did, you know, we brought in some focus grouping. We did a lot of surveying. And what we found was the teachers really gravitated towards being empowered and having, having some sort of some sort of group or force or community, the community aspect of what we're building has been extremely popular with the educator population. They need a community around them, a community that's there to be helpful and a community that's there to really kind of, you know, catalyze through peer mentorship, those ideas that they're building. So we tested Empowered and it tested very, very well. We've 
you know, if you look or you see the brand, you'll see that when the full name is displayed, the ED part of empowered is highlighted in some sort of different font or color or foil. Um, so again, this is really talking about teachers of substance since that's our tagline. And so we're empowering educators through this empowered brand. I imagine that, that, what is being taught in classrooms is not, or you can tell me, is universally the same. But what might have been taught in Matt Silverthorne's class 20 years ago is not being taught the same way now, or, or maybe in different different strokes for different folks in different high schools. Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, what would ha- what would have happened in Matt's classroom would have still been very much based around the same principles. So, at the end of the day, the economic principles that that we're kind of embracing are those that are very much based around free and open societies. When you have ability to have freedom to pursue your passions and to seek out opportunities. So, so what we do in our classrooms is we build experiential activities that create um, this bridge to the real world. So you, again, you might, if you walk into a youth entrepreneurs slash empowered classroom, some, some of our teachers, many of our teachers still, still operate under the youth entrepreneurs brand, which did not die. Um, we have an entire, the entire state of Montana has adopted youth entrepreneurs and the Montana chamber is actually our quote unquote franchiser that is, you know, or franchisee, excuse me, that is pushing youth entrepreneurs throughout the state. And so, you know, we're experimenting again with different type of growth models, but you'll walk in and what you'll see is maybe a pit trading floor where we're trading commodities, or you'll see kids, this is a crazy one, eating so many Reese's peanut butter cups that all of a sudden they understand that the value of the nth Reese's peanut butter cup is not, you know, giving them happiness or joy, it's not creating value for them anymore. So all of a sudden they've learned about the law of diminishing marginal returns with having to do very, very little. So those types of economic concepts are still introduced in our classrooms. The secret sauce, I think, behind what happens in our classrooms, though, is centered around our principles and aligning our principles with incentives. So students that show up in anybody who's embraced our ideas are typically going to be incented to be there through some sort of fiat currency. They're going to have the value of that currency is sometimes much greater than what you'll see on the street. Oftentimes we'll see students, you know, trading empowered bucks for real dollars in the hallway because the value of what they can buy with their empowered bucks, because they worked so hard is much higher than what they can buy with that dollar. So um, interesting economic lessons that don't have, are their age old, but the way to deploy them again has evolved as we've studied education, education science and neuroscience and kind of human behavior. And as we've studied how best to really kind of relate to individuals. And again, I want to, I want to make sure that, that I'm, I'm very clear here that the goal of everything that's happening, both within empowered and within the broader kind of co-philanthropic education initiative within stand together, which is the name of that organization is to ensure that education today is allowing for students to discover their innate abilities. It's individualized. Discover what you're good at, give you a way to develop that, which we have done for years, and then have an opportunity to apply it or deploy it out there in the real world, which again, if we do this right with our teachers, they'll be presenting those opportunities. So the ideas haven't changed in the last 30 years. The way to deploy them has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the uh, the success story of the Hutchinson High 
uh, student. Are there other success stories that you like to tell and can maybe share a couple with us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're they range all the way from it probably one of my most exciting. And this seems so small. It seems so small, but it's just it's what we do. It's what we've seen our um, our content be able to, to do and provide is two North High stories, which are which are pretty fun. And, and one is one is a gal who was not going to school was not going to school. She started coming to school and she started coming to school because she was going to Matt's youth entrepreneurs class. So, if, you know, fast forward to a parent teacher conference day and her mom shows up and her mom is actually has never met any teacher and she's never showed up to a parent teacher conference, but she can't understand what kind of changes happened with her teacher or with her daughter. So she goes to talk to Matt because she wanted to know. So when she asked her daughter, what it was that changed her perspective on her education. She said that my teacher, Mr. Silverthorne, had talked to me about how engaged I was in this class, how much potential I had, and not to worry about what had been in the past. Those were sunk costs. And that that, that teacher or that parent uh, wanted to know what sunk cost meant. She wanted to know what it was he said to her that caused her to think differently. So she came to visit for parent-teacher conferences. So that I think is just a, a cool success story in and of itself. The other one that is minor is, um, but it's not minor, um, you know, a, a similar, you know, very high discipline, um, d- high discipline problem student, again, in North High. It actually was juvenile detention, was released to 10 school, ankle bracelet, never engaged in anything almost just kind of mind-blowingly became incredibly engaged, was up trading on the pit trading floor, started sitting there, started with the hood over his head, up and engaging to the point where he really saw that he did, he did and could create value for himself. It's, 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 you know, it's things like that. It's this, not a one size fits all, but creating opportunities for those that feel like they don't fit. Another really fun story, and, and I could tell stories all day long. Um, you, we've had kids on Shark Tank. We, we have a, a local kid here, Tin Win. He's, he's extremely successful, Vietnamese immigrant. He was brought over. Um, his mother was pregnant with him when he was, they were sneaking to the United States. And he had to explain to his dad what, what an entrepreneur was and is now one of the most you know, successful young entrepreneurs here in town. And um, he will say that this program changed his life. And, you know, there, there are just stories and stories and stories like that, but it's these, it's these, these real kind of mind changing stories of that are, that are again, minor, but result in, in, a, in, in this idea that we feel pretty confident that now we're, we've changed from this, you know, non-productive activity to understanding how being productive and being contributory to your community can, can benefit you in a much better and different way. So exciting stuff like that. I, again, I could tell story after story after story of those types of things. What about you, though? If my math is right, you've been leading the organization for about 14 years now. Uh, are, you, are you still enjoying it? And, and what makes it enjoyable? Um, well, so I absolutely love what I'm doing. And I think partially because I didn't realize it at the time. But when I came out, I graduated K-State with an accounting degree, went to work for BKD here in town, 
still have a, a great affinity for that firm. I've, I learned so much for them and they're still great partners of ours. We work very closely together on lots of initiatives. Um, but I went on my first job and I had no idea what I was doing. I'd, I was a great student through high school and college because I memorized the material, right? I was, a, I, I, I was not prepared for the real world. I, I was not prepared at all. I felt incredibly behind the eight ball. I hadn't, you know, my hands-on experience was on the Hill. I did some internships on the Hill, thought I wanted to go into politics. That internship change shifted that mental model hundred percent. Right. And so, but this hands-on experience and approach to really learning your trade, <laughs> this apprenticeship type of thing that I had to experience in my first year of, of work was great. And I enjoyed and appreciated and loved it. But what I found was that my education didn't get me where I needed to be. It didn't, it didn't set me up for success um, like I thought it had or would. And I had been conditioned to do, to do well on the test, not necessarily to conceptualize the, 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 the work to this place of being able to understand how, what, that, what that meant in the real world. You know, So that is partially why I'm so super passionate about the work that we're doing. I'm also married to a teacher, to a teacher who's been, you know, very much a part of the system and um, is almost to the point where I'm going to stop asking for permission. I'm just going to do what's right for my students. And those are the types of teachers that we want, or those that are going to do what's right for their students, despite what the the system or their administration or their board tells them they can and cannot do. You know, it's, it, it's, it's terrible. And I'm not telling teachers to ask for forgiveness at all. What I'm telling them is to have courage to challenge and to do things and to really kind of work on change. Um, so, you know, that's another reason I'm super passionate about what I do. I think that had we not grown like we've grown or kind of shifted like we've shifted, I may not be as excited to be here. Um, and, and again, that's partially that's partially just in my DNA. You know, people will say, you know, one day you say this thing and the next day you say the next thing. And that's so true. And I, I can't rebut that. I, if I read something or learn something different, I'm ready to kind of change the trajectory. And so bless our, bless my staff and bless the teachers that have stuck with us because we are a continual evolution. So I think I'll be super excited to stick around as long as we continue to evolve. Well, it sounds like you are evolving. So Kylie Stupia, thanks for the update. We'll keep in touch on, on, on Empowered's uh, progress as it goes along under the, under the rebranding. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Kirk. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 233. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.